And the reason why is favoritism is bad is because it's using the wrong core values where a hierarchy exists. So it's saying, okay, a hierarchy exists and, he, and the unspoken premise is they exist. The admonition to not show favoritism is you're using the wrong core values where they exist. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast, where you can dig deep into the Bible and discover answers for yourself through critical thinking skills. Mm -hmm. My name is Jesse Mayer. I am back from a week-long vacation Yay. and back here learning and growing <laughs> alongside you guys with the Salty Pastor himself, there Dr. Douglas Peake. Well, welcome everyone. Excited about our goal to help you develop your own spiritual growth path. That's what we're focusing on as we study the book of James. It's a great tool that you can use. We're developing this tool to help you have your own personal growth plan. Now it may be as simple as you write four things that you want to develop or see happen in your life. You write them on a sticky note and stick them on your dashboard. Mm. That's fine. Maybe you like to go through a little deeper dive and, and try to be more engaged in the process. And that's why we're doing this uh, tool and it is available on our website. We're working on trying to get it hundred percent digitized so you can just can do it yeah. on your phone, but also um, shout out to our adult ministries leadership team. Uh, led by Dana Mitchell and what she's doing over there, getting this thing up and running just for you. So it's there. Please use it because I think you will find it extremely valuable. So we are in this uh, book of James studying mm -hmm. um, that book. And it's, it's interesting because it reveals all kinds of tools and techniques that are effective for spiritual growth. I mean, mm -hmm. even just the entire theme of the book uh, found in verses two through four of chapter one kind of talk about this says consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that he's that the testing of your faith produces perseverance let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything yeah the main point of james is challenging you and me to grow strong in heart and mind to face any challenge in life and so what we thought, well, could we come up with a tool that would help you figure out how to grow stronger in mind and heart, you know, so that you can face any challenge because it's the process of persevering mm. that grows us strong. So we're going through this process. So this is about a growing faith, a strong faith. It's about your backbone uh, in life, uh, your backbone of convictions that let you know who you are and where you are going. So let's get specific because on Tuesday we studied the first half of James chapter two and then all of James chapter three. And the main principles were basically what I took away. Don't show favoritism. Mm -hmm. And then obviously the difficulty or the standard that teachers in the church are he held to. to, yeah. Okay. Well, well, James is addressing the concept of favoritism in the first part of chapter two, verses one through thirteen, and then he talks about the whole uh, aspect of be careful if you want to become a teacher because this is how difficult it is. You mm -hmm. know, you've got to know where your wisdom comes from. It comes from God. It can't come from a selfish or envious place. That's at the end of the chapter, and he talks about controlling the tongue. Because the tongue is what, what is going to undermine you and inconsistencies and all that kind of 
stuff. And I think both of these are very important to understand is, is that James is speaking and teaching from uh, a presumption. It's an unspoken premise, right? Okay. And the unspoken premise is this, is that uh, favoritism is bad as well as trying to be a teacher when you're not able to control your tongue or you know where your wisdom of teaching comes from is bad has to do with what is known as a hierarchy. And today you hear a lot about hierarchies, you know, this is really going around a lot. It's really popular in universities and stuff like that. And in, in, in the cultural stuff that's going on right now. And the reason why is favoritism is bad is because it's using the wrong core values where a hierarchy exists. So it's saying, okay, a hierarchy exists and in the unspoken premise is they exist. The, admonition to not show favoritism is you're using the wrong core values where they exist. You see, that's where he's really challenged. He says, when you use the wrong core values, you're sinning. Now, hierarchies exist because human beings are different. And so it's impossible to get rid of hierarchies. Hierarchies are like uh, gravity. It doesn't matter if you like it, it exists. It doesn't matter how you feel about it. It, it exists. exists. It doesn't matter if you believe it or not. It exists. And it just is. You know what I'm saying? Just like you need air to breathe. Hierarchies exist where you have more than three human beings that get together. Now, some people think because hierarchies exist, they what they do is they say, well, the reason why hierarchies, they, they look at hierarchies instead of saying they just exist, right? they see them as the problem. Okay. And so I think it's really important to understand is that what they do is they think, look, if there wasn't this hierarchy, then we wouldn't have to worry about favoritism happening or any injustice that comes out of a hierarchy. Well, this is actually the same thinking as the old Testament Jewish law, which ended up not working. That's what Paul makes in the case in the entire book of Romans. And that is, Law cannot eliminate the problem of the human heart. So if you change the hierarchy, you're not addressing the heart issues at all that cause the abuses in a hierarchy. And then you end up sometimes creating even more abuse with your new hierarchy. You're treating a symptom versus the core issue. Correct. Kind of what you're talking about, right? Yeah. They, they are saying, oh, all hierarchies are bad because abuse happens in them and things are um, occurring. And so they're like, we just got to get rid of all hierarchies. And then suddenly everything will be a utopia because then Correct. they won't exist. But what you're saying is really you need to solve the issue in the heart because yeah. that's what's then leading to these problems, problems and, abuses. and issues and abuses. Because you, you establish, if you tear down one hierarchy, all you're doing is creating a different one. Well, because we, we as humans are naturally drawn to communities and communities Correct. inevitably create some sort of hierarchy. Yes. There has to be, otherwise it just turns into chaos or like it's not really community because then but it's even, like people near each right. other. <laughs> but <laughs> even chaos is a hierarchy. Right. It's a chaos. Chaos and anarchy is the hierarchy of the strongest and most brutal. 
Okay. You see, see, that's the point. Is that's, the, that's every post-apocalyptic movie Correct. you ever watches. Yeah. We have descended in quote unquote chaos, and it always turns out that the humans were the real monsters all along. Yeah, you know, like Negan in you know The Walking, Walking Dead, Dead or, or Mad whatever, Max yeah. Fury Road or yeah. like all these different shows. They exactly. all basically turn into whoever the most violent and that's a uh, hierarchy, amoral person. Yeah, is they're the ones that end up being the leaders and the mafia mafiosos of exactly. And this is. is the deception. See, this is the intellectual deception of all this is that you can't is that you believe you can get rid of hierarchies, but you can't. And see, this is the uh, fallacy in Marxism. See, Karl Marx, that was his whole point is that he he looked back through all history and he decided I'm going to interpret history through one specific lens. And he's saying, okay, hierarchies exist. He called them classes. You always had different classes of people. And then he said, those in the upper classes always oppress those below. That was, that was his basic premise. However, uh, historically, that's not factually correct. Now you can actually see people in upper classes oppress poor people in lower classes, but you also have in times when people in lower classes oppress those in, in, in revolution and, 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 yeah, and these other kinds execute of execute everybody so in the it's royal back family. And forth, back, <laughs> yeah. It's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And so the issue is, is that Karl Marx's basic theory was hierarchies is exist and they're evil. So I want to get rid of them through communism without letting anybody know and see this was his deception this is his falsehood in socialism communism doesn't matter what ism you adopt it is a hierarchy because hierarchies are just like language you know uh it for community to exist there's a hierarchy all right for for people to communicate there's a language even amongst deaf people they use sign language they have there has to be a communicative element if we're you get more than five people together three people together guess what you have a hierarchy you cannot escape this it is a fact so i mean we we see this ideology permeating our media and production. the discussion about yeah. hierarchy yeah because yeah, it's sure. i mean it's basically everywhere you look these days as far as whether it's feminists talking about the patriarchy mm -hmm. or it's politicians talking about rich middle or lower class mm -hmm. uh people uh universities talking about minorities and their representation yes uh, i mean just all of these different quote-unquote movements or progression quote-unquote um trying to basically shift these power structures or these hierarchies. And they're like, well, we are not where we think we should be. So we need to balance the scales, but usually yes. it doesn't quite work. That well, and that's, way. what's really odd about it is in today's world, everybody's talking about hierarchies, but nobody will actually admit how they f actually function. See, feminists will stand up and say, oh, we got to tear down the patriarchy because it's trying to oppress women. And so, but when you really dig into that, it's like, hmm, there's a lot of logical fallacies in here and they're not actually representing women. They say they want equality, but they always focus on corporate boards, you know, political positions of political power. You know, I've never heard the feminist movement in America say that 95% of all plumbers are male and we need to equalize Have that more female plumbers. In yeah. Our lives. Or, you know, 95% of the people that, you know, lay asphalt are, 
you know, males or, you know, you go through the list. And so it's like, well, you know, the vast majority of men are in prison. No one's saying, well, in order to be equal, we need to lock up more women. And so I guess the point is, is that, um, uh, it's some people use the notion of hierarchy in a deceptive way. And that's my point, but they exist everywhere and no one gets around them. And in some ways we really enjoy them. For instance, sports, the sports world is, is a hierarchy, a hundred percent, right? You know, it's a talent hierarchy, 100%. That is who can drive that basketball into the lane and score more than the other guy. That guy gets what more playtime. So see, that's a hierarchy of talent. Hollywood is a hierarchy. It's a hundred percent hierarchy. As a matter of fact, it's one of the most ruthless hierarchies because it, it uses favoritism. Like James talks about more than anybody else. Mm. Who's the wealthiest. Who's the best looking. Who's this. Those are the people that get all the money and all the jobs, you know, most very few, you know, what's really interesting is that Hollywood has massive amounts of wealth, but it is concentrated in, in the smallest hands of people in the industry than when you look at how many people make up the industry. So I, I find that really fascinating. Um, music, you know, music is a hierarchy. I am not a part of a boy band that is winning Grammys. But you are implying that you might be part of a boy band. <laughs> well, I am saying that that was one of my dreams, you know. I mean, you know, everybody want to steal my girl. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I I enjoy that. But that's never, ever ever going to happen in academia. It's, uh, all about hierarchies, right? Right. And the, 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 the basis or the philosophy of the hierarchy shifts. And when you shift it, there's, there's ramifications here. Let's say, um, let's, let's get even more specific in science and in medical care, right? In medicine, it, there is a hierarchy in, in medicine, the hierarchy is supposed to be the gold standard, and that is whatever has been proven scientifically to be the most effective is what we do as a gold standard for care, right? Mm -hmm. Well, now there's a huge debate going on about, uh, you know, vaccines and their efficacy and how to deal with COVID and how to do this. And all of these health, you know, debates are going on. They're extremely volatile. And you know, why are they so volatile? Why are they up and down like they are? Well, the reason why is because there's favoritism in the process or the hierarchy of medicine right now. And I think one of the things that has been really so sad is that people are saying, well, we need to stop politicizing COVID and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, as soon as the government started making deals with the health industry, which it's been doing for a long, long, long time, then you politicized it no matter what. And then when you have the CDC basing its guidelines on advice from teachers unions, guess what? You've lost all credibility. You have zero credibility because what you've done is you've taken the hierarchy that was positive and you've shown favoritism. And when you show favoritism, what does that end up doing? It undermines the hierarchy. It just, so, so nobody trusts it. So my point is regardless of where you live, there's a, there's a hierarchy in your family, right? And the bottom line is, is that Marxist ideology in particular has infected our universities to the point where they are attempting to eradicate hierarchies. However, 
In doing this, you are denying basic human nature. And as a matter of fact, you're base, you're denying all nature because you go out in the atom in the animal kingdom and you have a massive uh, hierarchy, you know, it's all about strength and it's called the food chain, you know, who's at the top right. of the food chain. And so what's really interesting is that why, why your definition of what it means to be a human being is so important. Okay. Because hierarchies exist. You can't deny that. What you have to do is you have to say, are there hierarchies that are good and are there hierarchies are bad and what makes them good and what makes them bad? And see, this is the whole notion is even though a hierarchy is represented in nature, this is why the gospel is so important. This is why the uh, proclamation of the truth of God is so important because first of all, God knows human nature. He doesn't deny it. And then you hear all of these interesting statements. Like this is a hierarchy statement when it says that in, you know, there will time when he shall bring peace and the lion shall lay down with the lamb. Now in the nature hierarchy, what does the lion usually do? eats the lamb. Yes. Correct. <laughs> but now they're going to lay down at peace. So can nature bring about a positive hierarchy? No, because it's been corrupted and tainted by sin. Can human beings of their own accord create a utopia that dispenses with all uh, hierarchies? No, they can't. And so the only salvation for humanity, the only salvation for community and for society is when everybody is individuals come into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, because it is only his values see, when, that can save humanity. So when we go into the hierarchy of Christianity, it's a totally different hierarchy. And the hierarchy there is this, is that everybody submits to one will. There's only one supreme will. And that is what the will of God. It's the will of Jesus Christ. So now will we get that perfect? No, but what we can do is we can always return to the words of Christ and submit ourselves to his authority and the Holy spirit, which is live and active. And every person who's been redeemed by Jesus Christ is being guided and led in the same direction. And so when we take the statements of the fruits of the spirit, we take the, the values of how we're supposed to treat people and we weave those into our societal government, what happens? Well, you can see the American experience was the experiment was to do just that. And what did it do? Is it inverted the entire notion of how politics and governance works, right? You're governed by the people and for the people as opposed to the other way around, a monarchy right. or a dictatorship or any other kinds of things, aristocracy or an oligarchy or anything. And so what's really fascinating about all of that is you take the outgrowth of those principles, they wove them into our basic laws, our basic e-commerce and some of these things, you know, and what happened is we, the greatest nation, wealthiest, most prosperous and, you know, nation and most diverse and inclusive nation that's ever existed in the history of the world was born. Mm. But now what's happening is people are attempting to uh, undermine it and destroy it by thinking that, well, we'll get rid of all hierarchies. But what the, the fact is they never tell you the truth. They don't tell you the truth. And that is, is that, well, Communism is a hierarchy and we've seen what communism does. It's the most evil hierarchy that you can, that has ever existed. Just the body count, the people murdered, not people dehumanized, but people murdered under communism 
is absolutely and unequivocally astounding. Anybody who says I'm a communist is a kindred spirit with the worst murderers that have ever existed in human history. Mm. And those people should not be tolerated as uh, caring or compassionate or anything at all. They are uh, homicidal maniacs, people who say, I want to instill communism over people. It's absolutely unequivocally the most evil thing that's ever existed. And the reason why is because when it comes to favoritism uh, that James is talking about here, it is favoritism on massive steroids to the point where it's just, it just sins because it denies human nature. It denies God and what God has said about human beings. It treats them as uh, chattel. And it is, I mean, I could go on and on and on, but I won't keep rambling about it because it's just amazingly how bad it is. So the issue is we got to really talk about society's desire to create utopia by eradicating hierarchies. And so when anybody stands up and says to me or to anybody else, we must be very vigilant to listen carefully when someone says, well, if you want to be a peace loving person, you have to eradicate this hierarchy, you know? Well, the first thing you got to do is you got to say, well, are you accurately identifying the hierarchy? Do you understand what hierarchies are, which they usually don't? And so if you're saying there's something unjust in the hierarchy, then maybe we should address that instead of throwing the whole thing out. Because when you come back to replace it, you're going to regret anything as an alternative. So the, we've talked a lot about these hierarchies, but the other part that we had discussed on Tuesday was about teachers, right? Mm -hmm. um, and um, really, I want to talk a little bit more about James says, you know, not many of us should become teachers. How does that relate to the hierarchy things? Because I'm assuming it does because the way of your brain works is you don't usually put two separate topics in the same podcast. So <laughs> I'm assuming you have a way of talking about these two things. So, well, I think it's really important because until we understand, you know, the notion of hierarchy and it's, it's unspoken premise in the book of James, you know, cause James is, is, uh, you know, obviously a, building his arguments on this uh, unspoken premise or this presupposition is that it exists in the church. And then in the first century church had a hierarchy and they, they had come out of Judaism, which was extremely particular about its hierarchy, the law. And then you had almost 2000 years of, you know, Torah and, and all these different things that about scholarship on the law. So, you know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were, were in school since little boys, uh, learning all of the intricacies of how every single statement, you know, in the Pentateuch, uh, played out in everyday life. And so they, they had gone to great extent. So all that is, is it's a hierarchy, but it's a highly defined hierarchy. Mm. Okay. Extremely defined. Everything you do is extremely clarified. Okay? okay. So there's lots of rules. And what's interesting is in Jesus comes in and says, okay, that hierarchy did not actually achieve its purpose. Right. Okay. And so the, and the purpose was to restore us to peace with God. So all, the only thing is in this new hierarchy is the redemptive act of Jesus Christ. So he died on the cross to give himself as a ransom for many. And then through his redemptive blood, you and I are now adopted into his family. 
And so the term, instead of being a nation, we are a family. We're the family of God. We are his adopted children grafted in, as Paul says. And what that basically means is that in the new hierarchy, God, the father, Jesus Christ, our Lord and savior is the one will that reigns supreme. And so what happened is there was a group of people, and this happens in the church all the time, is that you put people together in a group and you say, okay, here's how we're going to function. You always have people who try to figure out, it's called game theory, and that is you figure out the game, right? Mm. There was a man one time, uh, his son had just graduated from college in finance and he got a job on Wall Street. And so he asked his dad, because his dad was a very successful businessman, said, hey dad, uh, what kind of advice do you have for me? When I start working at this place, he goes, son, the most important thing that you need to remember and going to work there is you need to figure out how to score and then score. Hmm. So, so what he's saying is go in and figure out the hierarchy. What is it? Don't listen to what they say, watch what they do. Dude, yes. And cause you know, companies and businesses, you know, they always talk about their core values and their mission statements and all this kind of stuff but that doesn't mean anything. Watch what they do. Mm. Who, what is, where are they really putting the money? What are they really doing? Because every human being, every leader has some level of self-deception, right? Uh, myself included. And so what you have to do is you have to go into a situation and you have to say, what is the hierarchy here? How do you actually score, right? right. What is it that they actually value? And then what you got to do is figure out how to do that. Mm. And so, so take that notion and put it over into the church, right? The Holy Spirit starts a church on the day of Pentecost. It expands like crazy. Tens of thousands of people are becoming followers of Jesus Christ, right? And then what happens? A great persecution breaks out. And so everybody goes back to their uh, home village or their hometown or whatever. They kind of disperse. They call that the diaspora, which is Greek for dispersion. And what happened is then they start growing like crazy out there. Right. And so what happens is some people are like, wow, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to teach on this subject. And boy, that was really, really good. Right. And, oh, we're going to go over and teach on this subject over here. Oh, that was really, really good. And people are like, wow, here's some money, here's support, go come over here and talk to us. And then somebody else is like, wow, that's really popular. That's really exciting. I want to do that too. Right. Right. Look at that movement. And then what happens is there is a temptation, right? to seek the position, not seek the gift. Mm. And that's what he's talking about. See, he's saying you got to be really careful because you're trying to seek the position today. We, we see this all the time and I call it celebrity Christianity. And people are like, man, look at what these young guys are doing that wear $5,000 tennis shoes. And they talk about all this kind of stuff. All these things are going on. And look at all these, they've got thousands and thousands of college students that are following them. Right. Right. And th isn't this awesome? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I would like to consider, but I remember I was reading a book by the guy who started World Vision, mm -hmm. and World Vision is a really neat organization. I was right, and uh, or maybe it was World Impact. Is either World Impact or World Vision? I get those two confused sometimes. But anyway, he started <laughs> he started it, and he said back in the '70s he went to Southern California and he'd go into the places like Watts and Compton and all these places. And he'd have these giant rallies and tens of thousands of young people would show up. 
Right. And these, and what would happen is he said, they'd all come to the Lord. And then I'd go and tell my supporters and this was so cool and stuff. And then he said, I would go back five years later. And all those people that came forward to receive Jesus were the gang leaders, the pimps, the prostitutes, the drug dealers, the criminal element in the exact same ones. And he, he said that was a crisis of faith for him. There's a crisis of faith. And he realized having a giant following, filling, uh, I mean, on the surface, sometimes we go, that is so cool. You know, there's 50,000 people raising their voice to God. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that is cool, but that's not how the church grew. In the first 300 years of the church, it was le- illegal to have large group gatherings. It was illegal to be a Christian. And so everything happened in secret and very, very small groups. And that in the last 2000 years was the fastest growing time in the life of the church. Mm. The church has never grown as fast as it did in its first 300 years. Isn't that amazing That's to think about that? And, and so, because what I'm concerned about is this, is that it's not the experience of others or being a part of a community experience. Cause there's a hierarchy in that as well. It's when you have a confrontation with the living God and you meet him personally in your life. That's when you become a true follower. You see when you experience death and then brought into life by the power of his redeeming blood. And so I think what's really important to understand about that is I'm not saying don't go to a concert. I'm not saying don't, think these things are cool. What I am saying is that don't forget the upstream principle, the foundation on which the gospel and all the prophets stood. And that was, it's not about the hierarchy of success. It's not about the hierarchy of favoritism. It's about the hierarchy of knowing the living God in a personal way. It's your faith. And don't ever escape that because that is the only true life transformation. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that with us, Pastor Doug. I mean, those are some pretty heavy thoughts to uh, go into our weekend with, but I think it's an important thing, an important conversation, an important topic to really be thinking about because we are so inundated these days mm-hmm. with these ideas of hierarchy and and what it means to be a Christian that we really need to be challenging ourselves and using our critical thinking skills and going, okay, I'm taking this information in. Some of it may be accurate. Some of it may not be, but what are the repercussions of these thought processes thinking Mm -hmm. further down the line than just what we're being told at face value. So we really appreciate you sharing that with us. You're going to obviously expound upon this a little bit more on Sunday. So make sure you guys tune in for that as we um, kind of bring this section of James chapter three Uh, to a close and we'll move on to James chapter four next week. So thank you guys so much for joining us and we'll see you on Sunday here in beautiful Boise, Idaho. Blessings.